What would you say if I told you there is a fun way to teach your kids about money without getting that eye roll? You know what I'm talking about. That eye rolled our kids do to us. They're not sneaky. We definitely live in an era where educating our kids can be done differently than we're used to thank you to technology. If you want to know exactly what I'm talking about, don't go anywhere. You are listening to Her Dinero Matters, the podcast helping Latinas have increased confidence and control over their finances. My name is Jen Hempel, and as an accredited financial counselor, my mission is to help you be more confident and simplify your finances so you can save more, get out of debt quicker, and build your wealth. When was the last time you sat down with your kids to do some online shopping that they wanted to do. It's no secret. It can be scary. It can be a nightmare with so many options and some of those options not being suitable for kids and you want to be there next to them but yet you want to give them some independence you've been there right of course letting them go online alone not a good idea especially with the dangers that are out there we want to protect our children what's more we need to explain to them what is the best option and the value of the money which can take hours and it can be stressful at least for us, right? We, one, we want to protect them from danger. Then we also want to teach them how to shop, how to make decisions on shopping. And that can just be stressful on us. This is your host, Jen Hemphill. Thank you for joining me today. If what I shared with you sounds familiar, we have some amazing news because our guest, Mary Collins Harris, has the perfect solution for you and your kids. You will see how your kids will be eager to learn more about money and not just that they want to do shopping. Mary and her husband created an app called Catch Up that helps children prioritize things that they really love. And at the same time, they learn how to save towards those special purchases. With this, you are able to teach your children the value of money in a fun and different way. I can assure you that with today's conversation, you're going to be excited as well as is very interesting on how their idea originated. And of course, we're going to learn about the tremendous benefits it has for our families. So let's go meet Mary Collins Harris. Before we get to today's conversation, let me remind you that we have a community where you can share your thoughts, ask questions from today, and more. I'll talk about that more later, but let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Bienvenida, Mari. I am so thrilled to have you here. You have such a fantastic service product that I want to know where were you when my kids were younger. (laughs) So welcome. Thank you. Hola. I'm happy to join you today. Let's go back in time, Mari, to maybe when you're younger, sometime when you were a little girl, teenage years, wherever that was, where you had some sort of experience that really impacted you even till today when it comes to money. So tell us what that was and how it impacted you. I grew up in a working class family. We always had food on the table. We always had clothes. We went on vacations. But my peers around me were all doctors, lawyers, kids. So they came from a lot more money than I did. And I remember when I was younger, it didn't, I didn't really register it. But at some point around, I don't know, fourth, 
fifth grade, when you start realizing the social hierarchy, something clocked in on me. And I was like, oh my gosh, everyone's houses are so big. And mine's just like, you know, a suburban home. Um, And I remember feeling really intimidated, lesser than I like poured shopping bags from the fancy grocery store so I could put my stuff in it. So it looks like we shopped there. And just feeling like, like money was such a status symbol that I had to be constantly aware of and like feigning a life that I didn't have. And, you know, that feels terrible. That's, that's no way to go through life. As I got older, I started mixing with different kids. And I realized that that kind of scrappy upbringing, like I mowed lawns to earn money when I was a kid, like my parents didn't just buy me what I wanted, they made me work towards it and earn it. And learning to be frugal and scrappy like that kind of made me who I am today. You know, I still love a good deal. I go to thrift stores, I like repurposing things. I like being a little more creative with how I spend my money. And it's really impacted the way I approach life in general. And now I can buy a brand new couch if I want to, but I'm still like, what's on Craigslist? What's going on on Facebook marketplace? Maybe I can score something perfect. Now that I'm older, I'm almost working in the opposite direction where I'm trying to think about purchases as an investment instead of a treasure hunt. So it's really interesting how those formative years of like feeling shame around money came to feeling pride around being scrappy. And now I'm trying to reconcile the two. so interesting. So I, if I heard you right, you're saying you're now you're treating money like an investment versus a treasure hunt. Did I hear that yeah, right? Yeah. I'm trying to buy so quality items instead of mm-hmm. just, you know, the best deal I can get. I'm trying to buy things that I know where they come from and they support things that I care about. There's so much that you can choose from nowadays and a lot of not quality oh, things. For sure. <laughs> right? Whether from clothing, toys, everything. And yeah, you're right. It's just you buy and then you end up there's you know I've been purging recently and it's just like why did I get this what was this for did I use it yeah (laughs) all the good stuff so yeah I hear you and I like how you frame that trading your money like an investment versus a treasure hunt love it love it love it now I'm curious to know because you have a business or a, a a service that's called ketchup, which I love Mm -hmm. that is for kids. So tell us one, well, I want to know what inspired this idea. And number two, I'm curious if that that your money story, if your upbringing had an impact in terms of wanting to create this for your kids. I'm wanting to see if there's a tie in. I guess it does. Because the way we are raised impacts the way we parent our children. And so growing up in a situation where I was expected to mow the lawn and do my own laundry and be very self-sufficient from a pretty young age, I don't want to raise my kids to expect handouts. I also want them to have that same education of being self-reliant and prepared as they get older. So I have three kids. My youngest is three, my middle child is five, and my oldest is seven. They're pretty young and, you know, we're kind of easing them into responsibility but the idea for our business came in 2020 it was like lockdown time and we were just finding stuff to do in the house so my oldest son who was 
five at the time, he really, really wanted an RC car. And those are like those remote controlled vehicles. I didn't want it. It's like, it's going to break. It's going to rip up the yard. It's noisy. You're going to run over the baby. Like, this is not something I want in my house. But he wanted it so bad. And he's like, what can I do? I'll like pick up the pine cones in the backyard. I'll rake leaves. I'll do whatever you want. He worked and he was, you know, out there cleaning up the yard, picking up dog poops. And he earned the money he needed to buy something like that. So I was, I was super proud of him. And this is like a five-year-old, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a grown kid. Finally, he got, I think it was like 30 bucks maybe. And he had the money in hand. He was like, cool, when are we going to go to the toy store? I'm like, ooh, it's like May 2020. It might be a year. I have no idea when we're going to go to the toy store. So we started looking on Amazon and we like searched remote control vehicle and it was literally 10,000 choices came up. And I was like, okay, all right, let's wait into it. So we go in and it's like some of the products use the same pictures for different things. They're different prices with the same pictures. Sometimes they zoom in so the little car looks really big and another one's made in you know China and ships in like a month and there were just so many options that were not good choices for him and he couldn't read at the time so it was like I had to sit there over his shoulder telling him yes no yes no yes no and the idea of like oh my gosh I wish I could just let him make this choice and I didn't have to micromanage this what should be a joyful experience for him and but I can't walk away right because he signed into my Amazon account he could just like be clicking buttons left and right and I could end up with a pony at my doorstep tomorrow for all I know. So I was like, uh uh-uh. We both kind of felt trapped, you know? He felt like he was being micromanaged and I felt like I couldn't let him do this by himself. And I just wanted, I wanted a safe environment where there were a few good options and he could choose for himself. And there was nothing like that out there. So I pitched it to my husband. I was like, what if we could just like curate some good choices, you know, like give a child a choice of two instead of a choice of 10,000 and uh, let the kid make the choice themselves. So that was kind of how the idea was born. And um, and we've been working on refining that idea ever since. It started out really big and we're like getting smaller and smaller to make sure it fits the right niche. I can imagine. And the name, Ketchup. Ketchup. Ketchup is... It's spelled K-E-T-S-H-O-P. So it's kind of like ketchup, the food. And one of the things we liked about ketchup is it's such a bridge for kids. It's like if there's something scary or new or too bitter, you can put some ketchup on it and it makes it more palatable for children. It's like it's a tool to make to make the scary more friendly. And that's what we're trying to be for young choppers. We're trying to take this really adult environment and kind of make it more of a safe space for kids so that they can get this experience and like how to compare prices, how to figure out if uh, the product you want is going to fill your needs and make those choices in a safe place. I love it too. And I appreciate it as a parent myself, even though my kids are no longer little Mm -hmm. anymore, but I appreciate it because it also, and with what I do, not just as a mom, but providing financial education for people, I really appreciate that this can help teach our kids some good financial habits and teach them about buying, teach them about comparison shopping without the overwhelm of all those choices Mm -hmm. and just really teach teaching them about the making those sound financial decisions. I mean, I'm a big fan of letting them fall, (laughs) especially when we're there with us. uh, So they can learn because I think that is how you learn. So I really, really appreciate that. And I'm just so excited that you both you and your husband uh, are have this available. Have you ever wondered how on earth your friend bought their home? 
or why your coworker meticulously splits the tab down to the last Diet Coke. Other People's Pockets is a show about other people's money. Host Maya Lau asks people from all walks of life to get radically transparent about their personal finances in actual dollar amounts. You'll hear from a dominatrix who gets paid to bully men at the ATM, an elite scientist who couchsurfed to survive, a business prodigy who flipped his services from drugs to dumbbells, and more. You can find Other People's Pockets wherever you get your pockets. I'm curious to know because you mentioned you curate items where you feel like they're good choices and then from there the kids can choose from those. I'm curious what are your guidelines? What do you look for in those products? Because you're the ones choosing, right? So what do you look for? Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. For on those products to consider them a good choice and, and to put in your ketchup. This was one of our challenges you, you touched on because originally I was like, okay, I'm going to make this app. For parents like me who want the best for their child, they want to have educational toys, they don't want to have a bunch of plastic, loud, like battery powered stuff. So I went out and I bought, you know, all these STEM kits, like the marble runs and the wooden building blocks and pretty much anything that was like science, technology, engineering, math, that kind of stuff. Plus, you know, some dress up like free form stuff. But what I came to realize is that's what I want to buy for my children because I know my children and I know my family culture, but it doesn't really work that well to speak for everyone. You know, like we had a user whose daughter had recently really gotten into horseback riding and she wanted a very specific saddle. This is the thing she wanted most in the world. She wanted to save up towards it. And I was like, I can't buy a very specific saddle and like deliver it to her on the off chance that she might get to the point where she can afford it. So because of that issue, we eventually added the ability for users to add their own products. And that can be anything you want. It could be, you know, a skateboard or a trip to Disneyland or, you know, trip to grandma's house. It can be anything you want because every family has different guidelines that they find appropriate or that their children are motivated to work towards. And so being able to be flexible enough to fit your family culture is super important. Okay, that's interesting. So basically, you curate some products families are able to also choose some of the you know choose what they want to put on on there and then the kid will go shopping and would you consider I, I would I would think this is um, depending on, on the kid each kid is so different but would you with the app right now because you mentioned with your child he was five at the time you were perusing Amazon going through lots and lots of uh, remote control cars if he was five because he's older right now if he was five right Right now, would you say, and knowing your child, would you say you could allow him on this app without supervision and shopping? Or I mean, with some guidelines, I would, you know, all with some guidelines. Yeah, absolutely. I do have a five-year-old now and she she uses the app by herself. So the way catch-up works is there's two experiences. There's the parent experience and the child experience. In the parent experience, you can add whatever products you want. We aren't curating that for you. You can pick them out of a catalog. You can find something on Amazon. 
Amazon, you can find products that we're offering, or you can make up your own things line by line. Then you can send your child money and whether it's by allowance or I'm paying you for washing the dishes, whatever reason you want to, you send your child money and then you can switch accounts and your child signs in. Now they only see the products you've added. They're not going to be able to see like a giant bounce house or inappropriate items that maybe they would have stumbled on on other websites, like explicit content. It's only going to be the things that the parent has already approved. Then they have a certain amount of money, however much you've sent, and they can see if they can afford items, they can buy them. If they can't afford them, they can set it as a goal and see their progress towards that item. They have the ability to decide, Do you, mom sent me $5. I can spend this $5 on a tchotchke, a little like plastic nothing, or I can save up for that Lego set that I really want. And so having that ability to make those decisions and fail, honestly, like my kids at first, the first three months we used it, it was like tchotchke, tchotchke, tchotchke. We were just getting garbage coming into our house. But then it did not take very long for them to realize like, oh, I don't really play with these like popper things for very long. So then my son, like he bought maybe five little tchotchkes total of maybe 10, 12 bucks. And then the next thing he bought was a hundred dollar item that he'd saved up for, for five months or something. So it's really up to the child, but being able to see that learning experience of, wow, I didn't have to tell him I wasn't standing his over his shoulder and like telling him he's doing something wrong or something right. It was him going through the experience himself and coming to the realizations on his own that really stuck with me. I was like, this is, we're on to something here because kids are teaching themselves. Absolutely. So if I heard you right, all through the app, the parent can send the child money and then the child logs in on you know this you toggle or you switch over to the child's account per se and from there the child can see the amount of money he or she has or they have and then they and from there they are able to choose the products and see if they have enough money and set a goal to save that money which I think is such a fantastic add-on I don't know if you've always had it but that is for me like that's just you know <laughs> that makes me happy because it's taking that moment to teach and you've included that which I, I find fantastic and I'm curious to know what are as you as you because this has just been through since 2020 what are have been some challenges I think you spoke on one and I think of allowing parents to to choose the products, but what are some other challenges that you have encountered through this whole process of growing uh, this business in this app? One of the big problems we have is it's really easy to be like, ooh, I want this feature, I want that feature. And we're a really small team, so being able to focus on what's the most important thing. Like we wanted to have a chores app. We wanted to have like a story that told like, first you got money from mom, then you gave some to charity, then you bought this, then you got more money from dad. Like these are all on our pipeline. At some point I'd love to have them. Um, we did add the ability for children to donate to charities, whether it's like their church or their school or an environmental fund, whatever they're into. But it's really hard to keep focused on like, what is that core thing that we're aiming towards when there's so so many things that I want to teach my kids and share with the world in general, things that I think would be helpful. So now I'm also curious to know, because you've had this app for two years,
years. It's a young business. You're doing fantastic. And you're obviously very in tune with not trying to do all the things, but focus on like the now, the priorities. What are your hopes for catch up? What are your hopes? What are you hoping that parents can see and take away from using the app with or from their children? Or they're both using the app, right? From the experience of catch up. What is it's like that one thing that you really would hope uh, people can see the the power of for their you know just not just for, as parents but what it can how it can help their children I think initially when we built this app the idea was to help empower children and also find a way to make our family more harmonious not have those issues of like you want something you want it you want it you want it because before I felt like when my when my children wanted something they ask me and it was 100% my decision. And whether I decided yes or no, it was like, have the kids been good for the last five minutes? Like, am I have I had my coffee yet? It was very arbitrary reasons. I didn't have a framework for it. So the kids were like velociraptors in Jurassic Park, like always testing the gates to see if there was a weak point. And if they found it, they'd like pounce on it. And then eventually I'd either blow up or I'd give in. And either way, I'd feel weak. But Ketchup has given us a, a framework for deciding how we say yes. And this has been super powerful for our family. And I hope it can be that for others as well. When we're working with the system we've put in place now, we know that whatever our kids are requesting has already been approved by us. So I know it's not going to be inappropriate. And I know that my child has worked towards it and earned the money. Whether we buy it or not is really more up to them than up to me. So it's taken a lot of pressure off of my back. And it's made our relationship a lot better because they're not, you know, testing the game so to speak. And I get to say, yes, I don't have to be the mean mommy and be like, no, you can't have that. No, you can't have that. Like, well, do you have the money? Have you saved up for it? No? Well, keep working. Our family run much more smoothly and more harmoniously. And I hope that it can do that for other families as well. And then, you know, bonus, our kids are learning how to budget for themselves in a very natural way where they're not being lectured at. They're experiencing an economy on a very small scale. I love it. And I know you mentioned there's different things that you want to do with that, but you like to stay focused and, and prioritize. So what is next for catch up? What are some things that some features or whatnot that you're working on to add on next? I would really like to add in um, recurring payments so that parents can set up an allowance that happens without them having to remember, I'm terrible at that. I'll be like, oh, here's the last three weeks allowance. Sorry, I forgot about it. So having having a way to kind of schedule payments, kind of like you would a paycheck would be great. And then figuring out a way for kids to be able to see their progress in a more visual way. In a previous life, I did infographics. So I'm really into like breaking down these complex situations and making them palatable and bite-sized. So right now, when kids look at their balance, they can see the transactions like mom sent me money, I bought a thing, dad took away some money, I like donated to charity. And, but I would love to be able to incorporate that into a story where it's like almost a hero's journey of like conquering the obstacles so that they could get to their goal. That's beautiful. And I really commend you and your husband for doing this. I appreciate you, Mari, for coming on, sharing all about ketchup and 
and what you have going on. I think it is a powerful tool. I think a lot more people need to learn and know about it, especially as parents. No matter what background, I know here we have a lot of Latinas uh, and people from the Latinx community listening, but it's helpful for any anybody. Uh, so I really appreciate in you taking this on because it's, I'm sure it's it's a little bit of work. Oh, yes. Definitely. <laughs> or it has been a little bit of work uh, to create. And then it's just a natural process of a business. You know, the ebbs and flows is it's not an easy thing. And I'm not familiar with the app world or the technology world. So I commend you and, and thank you uh, for, for doing this for all of us parents. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with us. And, and hopefully you'll come back in, in another time and uh, share with us what the, what is new. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great talking with you. I still ask, where was this app when my kids were little? I really love that this exists, and I'm sure you can agree. If our parents, can you imagine, if our parents had this type of tool to teach us about money, they would have definitely been grateful, and it would have made money so much easier to talk about. Of course, today, Mary reminds us how important it is to teach our children about money, and we know this. And with this tool, with this app, Ketchup, it makes it easier. Because remember, Ketchup is an app that helps them, our kids understand the value of money and how to manage it responsibly. With the right guidance, kids can learn about budgeting, saving, and investing as well as the risk and rewards of financial decision making. With the right tools, kids can gain the skills and knowledge they need to become financially responsible adults. Mary's story shows that it's possible to create a healthy family environment around money. You heard that. With all the benefits that Ketchup offers you and your children, you won't be the villain of that movie anymore. You can connect with Mary over at Ketchup, which is spelled K-E-T, shop is in shopping, S-H-O-P.com, not Ketchup is in what you put on your hamburger. You can go to today's show notes to easily just click on the link. We want to hear from you on today's conversation. Go to our community and join you if you haven't already over at jenhemphill.com forward slash community. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash community. I really want to see your face there. Now about what you can expect next week. You may think that you need to be wealthy to have a financial planner, but our next guest, Nestor Vargas, will show you that that's not the case. Tune in next week to find out more. Bueno, pues, that is everything. I appreciate you for supporting this podcast, for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. Be sure to check out the show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 343. That is jenhempill.com forward slash 343. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.